Uh, three can keep a secret if two are dead. Welcome to Radio Loud. And today we have a third. We're uh, joined by JJ Kaiser. Yay. Also joining me today is uh, Stefan Weber. Yeah, first time. <laughs> Long time listener, first time guest. Yeah. Yep. And uh, myself, the ugly duggling. <laughs> All right. So, JJ. Uh, you come highly recommended by uh, Dave Tarantino. He's like, get, get uh, JJ on here. You need to get JJ on here. That's my guy. Yeah. Shout out, Dave. Right. <laughs> uh, they're doing well in that. Uh, what's it? Uh, was it Shepherd Express? That new contest that they're doing? Oh yeah. 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 It was like John and Armon were both like in the running for like best vocalist, best guitar player, mm-hmm. or something like that. Doing it to it, man. Like I ran into him at uh, Woodman's a few times now really <laughs> yeah yeah you guys just in like the self-checkout line or something just like oh yeah hey. sometimes like that like one time he came up to me and like was ramming his cart into me and i was looking at him like what is this mother oh dave <laughs> that, that actually happened to me some fucking like um uh well i shouldn't say it like that because i say some fucking a lot it was a fucking guy who looked like <laughs> a rabbi behind me he was just like encroached like i was about to like pick up my stuff and he's just like bashing his cart into my space and i look over him and i was like oh it's one of the chosen like (laughs) 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 sorry (laughs) but uh i was just like this motherfucker like can't you just give me a few more seconds to get my shit wrapped up come on it's like people will literally come into the self-checkout while you still have your shit on the weights and it's like that fucks up their process too and like sometimes just be like don't don't start until I get my stuff out. It's just going to fuck it up. Is I work all, in IT, is okay? Is at Woodman's? Yeah. I have not been there for some time. I haven't had any problems with the self-checkouts at uh, such a where mess. I go. Anytime I go there, I go like after 9 p.m. So there's like no one in there and no one to do that to me. Yeah, so. it's just like a couple guys <laughs> who get off second shift or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you work second shift? Uh, where, do you, where are you working now? I work at Amazon and at Toppers. Is it like a fulfillment center or something like yeah, that? Yeah, the one in Kenosha. Oh, damn. So do you like do you live close to there or do you I commute? live in Franklin. It's oh, like a really? 20 minute drive. Mm, not bad. Yeah. I hear Amazon can be Oh, I, I'm sorry if you're employed. They're listening. They're listening right now. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't suck. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Uh, no, I I think the full-time building probably sucks. I work at the building that's behind the really big one on the freeway. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a smaller one that's just, like, a sort center. We just sort shit, basically, instead of, like, packaging stuff. And that's where I work. And it's really chill and laid back. That's cool. So. Like, um, I, I sometimes take, like, with, like, big companies like Quad or something, you hear that's mm-hmm. kind of brutal. But then you also have to consider, like, is this person just kind of complaining a little bit too much like would they just complain about any job that they went to amazon is the type of place that'll hire anyone with a pulse right so obviously you're gonna get good workers and bad workers and everything in between right so like literally when i got hired we went to a hiring event at a job center like there was no interview like we walked in there like you're hired yay (laughs) Yay. here's your here's your uniform i like got dressed up and shit and i was like this is what i got dressed up for like really right (laughs) stupid basically like the amazon priest is just there and he's just like uh you're hired 
literally the first thing the lady said was like, well, you all have job offers. You just got to pass the drug test. And I'm like, all right, sick. Yeah, so. Easy for you, hey? Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, man. So um, one of the things that uh, uh, David was mentioning to us is just like the venue you're kind of running yeah. right now. And that seemed kind of interesting. Like I've seen you post on Facebook, but mm. do you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, so it's it's in my house. Yeah. <laughs> um, Short answer: It's my house. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, like a few years ago, um, I was starting this band that was like a melodic hardcore band called The Race Evolve, and we were. I was very adamant about like doing everything for that band myself, because mm-hmm. every band I'd been in in the past, like I was just kind of like one of the members just kind of sat back and just like went with it you know but like for this band i was more of like the person that was getting everything done so i was just like i want to book our own first show because like i didn't really have any faith in the people that were doing stuff right at that point okay so there were no places for me to book a show really so uh our drummer ben was just like what if you just did it in your basement and i was just like um well i can ask my mom and see what she says <laughs> and i mean it took a lot of convincing but she was chill with it and then it happened and it was fine and then um this venue called the borg ward that was on the south side closed down mm-hmm. yeah the the cross art gallery fucking love that place had one of my favorite pieces of bathroom graffiti it was just like a it was a coat of arms with a fork and a spoon and it said eat to live live to eat <laughs> But yeah, after that place closed down, I took a couple of the shows that were supposed to be there and had them at my house. And then I just kind of made friends with the people that were in the touring bands. Oh, that was kind of nice. You like picked up like yeah. where something that's kind of like how opportunity happens. Like something collapses and there's a void and like people step up, you know, like at work or right. in this situation, venues. That's basically what happened. I mean, the rest is history. Kind of word spread, and we're going three years strong now. So, Damn, three years. Yeah, it's crazy. <clears throat> One of the things I heard that sounded particularly cool to me was you're, you've kind of been like that place where if, you know, like bands are before they hit like the main venues and stuff mm. like that, where like labels are sending them to like but fuck nowhere legion halls right and they're like trying to like f- get them to like go everywhere and then their next tour they pretty much like s- put them on the bigger stages so right. all those people travel to them mm-hmm. like uh you've been uh one of those venues where if people get like cancellation where something mm-hmm. can't happen they can get in touch with you and you can like kind of set that up Right. Oh, I think another thing that's worked out in my favor a lot is that Milwaukee doesn't have any, like, mid-level venues that are all ages right now. Like, everything that's existed has... At least not something strong. Right. Like, like the Metal Grill, for example, was sick. Like, that was, like, a two, three hundred cap room. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, like, a mid-sized venue, in my opinion, you know, where you can have... I don't know, but, like, we don't have any venue like that right now, so a lot of shows that would come to something like that, I've been able to pick up and do at my house or do at the Shorewood Legion Hall. So I think that if there was a solid venue with, like, a promoter doing that, I wouldn't have had nearly as many opportunities as I've had, you know? Right, like, uh, I feel like my... Like, we're pretty much kind of peers, Yeah. but, like, when... We were younger, like the age division, and like that's a little bit wider. I feel like the people who were doing it 
in my era pretty much like just threw the torch away mm-hmm. instead of like staying with it and just basically like oh i'm an adult now like this is kid stuff and i'm just gonna abandon it where it's like no this is like a cool community thing and it just pretty much got thrown away at that point it was like really strong Mm -hmm. and then it just got trashed and i'm not saying i'm not speaking ill on those individuals Mm -hmm. like life happens opportunity happens you get called away to do stuff but that's pretty much what happened like it used to be super strong that's how it felt yeah yeah and then, like, a, there was, like, an interim of just nothing for a bit. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about, like, DIY communities. It's, like, yeah, you can build them up to be really strong, but at its core, it's still, like, a very fragile entity, mm-hmm. you know? And if someone isn't keeping up with it or at least training someone to hand it off to them eventually when they decide, like, I'm done with this shit, like, right. it just collapses, you know? And I think that's kind of what happened. I wasn't around for, I guess, like, your time, Maybe more or less. Like, are you talking about like when there was like 300 people at every show in like 2006? Yeah, like, uh, like Shorewood Legion Hall reaching capacity. And that's yeah. one of the things too. There was like, they pushed their luck so mm-hmm. much. And then it basically became a liability for right. those venues. And they're like, oh, we can't, we can't do this anymore, so, man. Like, We're going to get that sued. That was like 2005 to 2011. Yeah. I'd say the, that was like our golden age, yeah. you know? Yeah, 2011 was when I started coming around, so I missed that, like, entirely. So. How, how old were you in 2011? I have to think about that shit. <laughs> 15? Jesus, yeah. man. Holy he, crap. He's a youngin'. <laughs> yeah, Way to make now. me feel old. 22? Yeah. That's the thing about uh, uh, Tarantino. You'd just be like, oh, go to these shows, and I'm like 31 now. Yeah. Hey, but he loves it. Right? Uh, but that's, like, a thing. Like, we were talking about it with, like, the hockey league and stuff like that. We were just, like, shitting on you for getting, like, skating lessons. And we're just like, oh, you're going to show up and it's going to be a bunch of kids. It's like, you shouldn't feel bad just because kids want to do it, too. Like, kids need something cool to look to that's curated by people who have done it. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, a quality thing for them so they can actually see it. And... uh but that's also something cool where, like, kids kind of, like, restart something and yeah. it becomes their, like, own thing. So I remember um, back, way back in the day, I'd see you, like, posting about stuff. Yeah. And I'd be like, who the fuck's this kid? <laughs> the fuck's he talking about? Like, right. but uh, you actually, like, stuck around and, like, got through it a lot and, mm-hmm. like, actually became, like, that person with the experience, I feel. Yeah, and, like, there was, there was like, a lot of that like 2011 to now where i felt like there wasn't a whole lot of a scene whatsoever either Mm -hmm. like i felt like it died like every other year Mm -hmm. which kind of sucked but then like when i think when hardcore started taking off and my focus shifted to that was when i started like actually enjoying it a lot more and being like okay like this is something that i feel like like i align with a little bit more because like with like metalcore and everything like it was cool and like going to shows at like the metal grill or like I don't know, like the Hartford Town Hall or any of those places. It was sick. Mm-hmm. I used to play there. Yeah, I played there a couple times too in my in my day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I feel like the the ethics that I learned from hardcore was what made me want to stick around mm-hmm. ultimately. Because like, I don't know if this was like just me, but like when I was going to like local shows, like every metalcore show was like basically all local bands. There weren't like a whole lot of tour packages coming through when I like started going to shows. So I didn't really like. 
dawn on me that like DIY is about helping out touring bands, mm-hmm. you know? So when I started going to hardcore shows and like every single, every single bill, there were touring bands on it. It was just like this, this isn't about me, you know, it's like about helping people out. And that sentiment is like what made me want to stick around more. Cause it's like, this is about helping people, you know? Mm-hmm. So. And also once you get to that, like once you actually start getting some touring packages involved mm-hmm. with it, it helps rekindle things. It helps draw people to shows. Yeah. And that's something that a lot of smaller, like um, like the suburbs of Milwaukee, mm-hmm. kind of burn themselves out on is mm-hmm. that it's the same little groups playing. Right. And it's like, you know, just get involved with your scene. Mm-hmm. Do a little networking. Like, reach out on Facebook. It's so easy nowadays. Right. Just get in contact with people. They'd be more than glad to help you. Right. They need, like, the same thing. Like, they need you much as much as you need them. Mm-hmm. Just spread yourself out a little bit instead of just wearing people out in your one little area, you know? You right. really got to get out there and, like, take it to new audiences. Right. And, I mean, the thing about, like, getting touring acts involved is, like, people talk regardless of if it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, if you're doing a good thing, like, everyone's going to find out eventually you know, and I think that's that's why I've been able to do what I've been doing for so long. So, you know, people have good things to say. They're going to tell all their friends, and then all their friends are going to want to play at my house. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. But I mean, it works. Whatever. <laughs> I think to the the point about the metalcore and the hardcore scene, the difference like hardcore just has always kind of had that mentality. Where versus 2011 metalcore, if you, you like at that point, I think a ton of the bands either hung up the towel around 2011 or they got signed mm-hmm. I, I i think there were because there were tons of bands in the midwest that around that time were just like i guess that's it we didn't get on what sumerian or uh metal blade or some of these other labels and they just kind of hung it up getting signed was like the thing back then too right it's weird to me now thinking that like no one gives a shit about that kind of mm-hmm. stuff anymore yeah. where it was like back then like you wanted to if you got signed in people's eyes it's like you made it right in reality reality, that doesn't really mean anything yeah right in reality you're just given a lot of the money that you could have made to an entity yeah and it's like a lot of the smaller labels that were signing those bands like it was great but like they weren't really helping the bands out you know, it's just like if you're signing to a label and you still have to pay for everything yourself, like you might as well just be a DIY band. Like there's no point in having a label behind you. Or if they're just going to like pay for your recording stuff and then on the claws of the loan mm-hmm. suck everything out of you. Like that's right. what a lot of people get sucked into too. Yeah, with Tutu. like the, the sunset clause and shit. Do you know what that is? No, not Where specifically. It's, where it's like there'll be a clause where it'll be like so two years after our contract ends we take x amount percent of what you make and then four years it goes to like a smaller percent and then six years it goes to even smaller percent Mm -hmm. until they stop making money from you my old band got a contract like that from a label like really really early on and i like emailed the dude back and i was like hey what the fuck is this and he's (laughs) just like oh well it's just like since we helped you out you know like we're gonna take some of your profit for x amount of years and i was like that's fucking stupid (laughs) it's also something that's like a common thread amongst like um like video game designers and like art bands music it's a field that a Mm. lot a lot of young people find attractive yeah and there's 
to the disadvantage of that crowd they can basically give these shit deals out and then say well if you don't like it and you don't take it somebody else will so suck right. it and it's just self-perpetuating like that there's really nothing you can do about it until people get wise and that's never gonna happen <laughs> No. There's always a sucker. Yeah, there's always going to be like the younger generation of kids. They're going to fall for something that the older generation is wise to. I mean, it's like fucking. We are triumphant is still a label. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> it's like I don't know if you know anything about that. Mm. I'm so old. Yeah, I'm give so us the old. juice. Yeah, give us the juice, man. <laughs> I don't even like. That was so long ago at this point, but it was just like a label that didn't do anything for the bands they signed, and it's like they still ah uh, like yeah, well they're still Andy's out there like that they're like really yeah. small they'll get you to sign a contract mm. and then they wait for the larger ones so you have yeah. to break your contract with them and that's what they like, and it was one upon. of those labels that would like like they signed Sworn In in like 2011 if that name means anything yeah. to either of you okay so like if you go on their Facebook page right now they'll have like the list of artists it'll be like artists that like used to be on the label and then current artists they still list sworn in because it's like to like draw people in it's like oh we mm -hmm. signed sworn in. it's like good for yeah. fucking you seven years ago like so yeah it's great there's a lot of predatory stuff like even on um like sumerian stuff like mm. that and uh, yeah you know that's business <laughs> it's business it's but business, i mean there's I some guess. there are some good ones out there that try to work for you but I'd say majority of them are predatory because that's just the market they're in now. Well, it's also, you know, it's they've become so archaic. It's so useless nowadays. That's what I'm saying. Like, that, they almost have to be predatory to try and stay afloat. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that ship is sinking, like, so yeah. hard. It sucks even that they're, like, starting to write clauses where you have to give them a percentage of your merch sales and shit like that. Like, that's that's fucking gas that's, and food that's money. The that's the bread what, and butter right there. It's not even the bread and butter. It's just the, it's the fucking instant milk so it doesn't spoil. And <laughs> the fucking gas money, man. Like, it's like the can of beans you get to spread on a piece of Toast, white bread. Yeah when you're just like living out of a fucking van like yeah. that's fun when you're a young adult mm. like you'll sleep like i slept in between two semis in a truck stop on top of a van like our first night out and i didn't give a fuck because you know it was like oh this is gonna be fun you know but uh as a almost th i'm turning 30 next week congratulations yeah what the fuck what I like, like, you hear it too. Like, musicians who have just been doing it and they have gotten success, and it's like they're still only making like 50 grand a year for like some of these big, big acts you think right. would be making more. And they're still sleeping on, you know, people's floors every now and yeah. then. Mm -hmm. And that sucks, man. There's like way more money that they're drawing in, and it's just evaporating into the pockets of a few. Yeah sleeping on people's floors i remember ghost inside came to the miramar like this was when they first started and i remember at the end of the set was like yeah if anyone's got a floor we can crash on please <laughs> please <laughs> i used to pull that every night in the beholder when we'd go on the road it's like uh, hey could you uh put us up feed us i was gonna bring that up actually um that so i didn't know anything about the band the beholder mm. but uh the one story i have is um one of your guitar players or someone in the band used to work 
in uh, Southridge Mall at Gloria Jeans. Mm. I'm not sure who, but I went and got a coffee there once when I was like 16. And I was wearing a Barnabas Osiris shirt. And the dude was just like, I fucking hate that band, man. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, dude, can I get like a Frappuccino? But like, I was just like, why do you like, what, what? And he was just like, yeah, I was in this band called The Beholder. And there was something about, I don't know, he beefed Born of Osiris really hard. Was it and, Jimmy? Uh, I, I don't know. It was like a shorter dude with a ton of tattoos. Uh, Blonde? Maybe. I, this, <laughs> I just remember this very vividly, and when you brought that up in the podcast with Dave, I was like, I want to talk to him about that. <laughs> like, what was the what was the beef? Wasn't me. I don't know about that specifically, but we did have beef with Oceano for a little bit. When like there was different eras of that band. I came okay. in like in the nail in the coffin era, mm. and it was basically Beholder, Oceano. One of us is getting signed to Earache. Oceano ended up winning it. Okay. And there was just some like bitter, bitter blood from the older members. Mm. And I was just like, Meh. okay, cool, cool bunch of guys. Because, <laughs> right. like, they, uh, in my previous band, Typhon, they brought us down to Illinois to play like Midwest Death Fest in like nor- Northern Illinois. They, like, gave us the hookup, gave us a place to stay, uh, and had like a fun, like, two day outing with them. Uh, we'd play up in, like, Two Rivers. Back when it was, like, original Oceano lineup, it was, like, two fat guys with guitars. That used to be their shtick. Oh, when uh, when Jeremy Carroll was in the band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was and, just two big dudes. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of fun. Lots of fun. Yeah, Rooks played a show at my house, like, a few months ago, and I met that guy. Officially. No shit! Yeah. Hmm. I haven't seen him in, a, in years. Yeah, that in was years. my first time ever meeting him, but... <laughs> That band is fucking perfect. It's like makes me really happy that they're still around. So. Right, and uh, I don't know the full extent of it, but they kind of face some like black backlash just from just like being involved with the scene, the people involved with it. Like yeah. I don't know, like I've heard some degree of like blacklisting just because of like members involved in it, which is kind of shitty. But you know, I wouldn't know. Like, I wouldn't know either. I'm pretty sure the only original people that played that show were jeremy and maybe the other guitar player Mm -hmm. but everybody else that was in the band was not in rooks in like 2011 so god it was so long ago i played with rooks a few times it's it's weird how like once you just like get into that scene you start new projects Mm -hmm. you just find yourself meeting the same people in like new projects yeah oh you're doing this now it's like the same (laughs) 20 people that just start new bands right which is cool, but like also kind of sucks because it's like needs new be- blood. Yeah, yeah, you need a, a reinvigoration of ideas. Yeah, it's like you need the new wave of kids every couple of years coming in because eventually. But how do you feel about them wanting to be YouTube stars now? I like feel like there's not even that much interest in it. YouTube stars, I don't know. YouTube Twitch streamers and stuff. Oh, some of that, yeah, I guess. Well, I think that's just a ploy for money. Like there's a like a tip system and some like some people have that ability where they can just kind of go and no like, I mean have just like a, an interest in doing that over music like instead like younger kids seem to be more drawn oh, to that versus oh, oh. like like when I was a kid it was like man it would be so awesome to be part of a band be live on stage and like hit it big or like be a sports star and now kids are just like I want to be a Twitch streamer or like a YouTube star like the the change in what is necessarily popular right it's interesting i can't say i know anybody like that so 
to be honest, it's because that's like kind of what's being pushed now. Because I was astounded at um, just some figures because some shit had come out about Ninja. I don't really watch him, but he's like a big Fortnite player. All he does is play Fortnite. And apparently he's like a really kind of a toxic asshole. Really? And he did this whole thing about like anti-bullying online and stuff like that. Like, Except he's kind of a bully online. Yeah, he so. is. Exactly. It's ironic. Just somebody put together like a little compilation, like calling him out for that stuff. Just like putting clips from his new things, like never bully anybody other. And he'd be like, "You fucking, I will come to your house and rape your mother." Like those kind of things that he would yeah. say, just because he was getting killed in a goddamn video game in the game of Fortnite. Yeah. Um, but the fucking numbers that this guy pulls in, just like millions, millions, millions of people, millions. Yeah. And there's the reason it's pushed so hard with like sponsors and stuff like that it's like okay yeah um sponsors will pay good money to get their shit in front of millions of people millions for him people. to just go i'm part of dollar shave club or whatever yeah. yeah and he literally there's like not any thought really put into it have yeah. you seen like his little setup it looks like my fucking sister's basement before they finished it there's like a pile of crap behind him yeah i, I have seen it <laughs> but my my point was more like because i know people that are fathers and mothers and they have younger children and they just like don't have a vested interest in almost like the music industry and like the the things that they think will be uh bring them fame are vastly different than when i was a youngin stefan are we the old ones that? yeah are we, we are. the old ones what do you now? what do you think about that though no it's the children who are wrong <laughs> <laughs> Like have we have you noticed? Well, you're the one running the venue. Have you noticed like a decline in, or maybe I should say a gap in age coming to the concert? You already kind of said no. Yeah, I feel like the majority of people that are coming to shows are like between eighteen and like twenty two and twenty three. But I feel like that's like been a consistent thing since I started coming to shows. So like I agree. that's just like the general age group that comes mm -hmm. to shows, and like around like. 23 24 people start to get like real jobs and they're like eh, fuck this i can't so. i can't go to that and then go to work tomorrow that kind of shit yeah yeah basically that's I, my I feel like it's always gonna be a bunch of 18 to 20 somethings coming to shows and i mean that's fine i guess as long as new people keep coming yeah but like even this year alone there's been like a bunch of new people that have been coming to shows like i see new faces at almost every show that's I, good that's sick so. yeah that is sick yeah I, I'm as a per, the person running the venue. I almost would, if it was me, if like 18 was the starting point, like I'd think that was good because because of the venue, because it's your house. Mm. You wouldn't necessarily want to be that guy. Oh, this is the guy where all the teenagers go. Like yeah. you, you'd get even though there's nothing nefarious going on, you'd get people who would just be like that. Would just be a means for people to like kind of sneak in and start like you know saying things that weren't necessarily true or something like that yeah yeah there's this uh there's this girl that comes to shows uh that's been coming to shows for about a year and a half uh and when she wanted to start coming to shows her parents wouldn't let her at first because when they googled jj's bar and grill they couldn't find anything mm -hmm. so their first assumption was that it was a crack house and now we're all just <laughs> we're all just shooting up and doing drugs and shit and it's like that's like obviously not what's going on but yeah, like it's like further from the truth man like, yeah it's you, like, you don't even allow drinking there, no right? yeah no 
I don't think I would it's still... It's JJ's bar, uh, grill and soda pop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I would still be around if I allowed drinking. Right. I think that's the majority of the reason why it's still a thing. Honestly, like, even as a person who enjoys a drink, if I was running something out of my house in that manner... <laughs> no drinking. I, yeah, I think yeah. I'd be perfectly fine with that because it's like, okay... Do I want to shit where I eat? Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's how you get the tom tomfoolery that got those other venues closed. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, the Borg Ward and Shoreward for you, a long time was closed because somebody went through a window. Yeah, or you just get somebody who cannot be reasoned with, and yep. it has to be escalated to either like people like detaining this person, yeah. making like an impromptu citizen's you arrest. Yeah, you can't uh, you can't reason with him. You got to take him down like Doug Glatt. <laughs> get no options yeah we've never even had any we've had one fight in the history of having shows there and i highly attribute that to the fact that nobody's drinking down there that's good yeah because it's like when you put alcohol in the equation like people's it's unpredictable people's emotions are heightened Mm -hmm. when there's alcohol involved so i had seen in my day like a like no alcohol fueled fights just because people had like little clicks drama and rivalries and yeah you know some tunnel snakes stuff going on so, tunnel snakes and some west side story snapping yep. and pretty much just had real to, nice choreographed choreographed uh, dance routines and stuff like that i would say that's like a positive venue for that to be taken out even though there's like innocent bystanders on that it's like better than gang violence because, like, gangs back in the 50s used to be something completely different from what they are now. You didn't have people, like, going out and murdering people. It was just, like, cliques of kids that would beat each other up. With <laughs> with, with what? Pool noodles? <laughs> pool cues. Yeah. 1950s pool noodles. <laughs> so, you've you've been doing this for a while. Who would you say was the most surprising person you got in there? Um, I mean, Jesus Peace was a big one. They're a, they're a hardcore band from Philly that's like been gaining a lot of traction over the past couple of years. And uh, they were they were doing a routing date to a tour they were doing with Comeback Kid. And oh, I like that band. I saw yeah. them uh, a long time ago. Them and some other band, but like about a week and a half before that, I just like I looked up all these bands I liked and like who their booking agents were and just kind of sent like 25 different emails i was like hey uh i book shows in milwaukee don't really know if you care but uh if you ever <laughs> want to send anything through like it's an option and just slip into the dms man yeah and a week later that was in my email and i was just like jesus piece had never played milwaukee at that point and there was fucking 102 paid on a sunday night it was fucking crazy dude wow yeah and uh sworn in was another big one too because they were doing their old ep start end in full and a barrier was playing their old EP Dark Days, and we pre-sailed 150 for that. And there was probably like 180 people, which is something I never want to happen ever again. <laughs> right. but, but it was a good time. Yeah, it was sick. The only thing that sucked about it was like it was in the middle of the summer, and uh, it was all like, those bodies, dude. It was 95 degrees out that whole week, Oof. so like the air conditioning in my house like wasn't gonna cut it. You know, like it yeah. took. It was like 85 degrees in my house at the end of the show, and it took two days to cool back down to like 70. What about the stink? Uh, it's it smells like <laughs> shit. I mean, you put 200 people in a room that small, it's not gonna not smell like shit, yeah. right? Shirts start coming off. It's a hardcore show. It, 
getting sweaty. You can fucking walk outside and just see the steam rising off of some bro with no shirt on. Still in the summer heat, yeah. I was trying to like <laughs> sleep in my basement underneath an air vent to try to stay cool. Uh, it like still wasn't working. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a sick show. Like, I was happy that it happened, but you know, it's a house. It's not meant to hold that many people. Could just imagine the fucking realtor coming in trying to sell that, and uh, don't mind the smell; it'll come out eventually. Really? <laughs> they used to have a hardcore. Show so was there. that was that your your favorite act to to get to, or do you have a, a different one? I would say Jesus Peace was probably like my favorite one that happened, and I mean, like we had a. Uh, we had a benefit show in January that we did for the MS Society. There you I, go. I did it for my mom. And uh, it was the band I was talking about that I like started the venue, basically. It was our last show, too. So there was like an equal amount of people at that show. Like There was 150. And uh, I think that was probably my favorite show I ever had, just because it was for a good call. We raised two grand for that. That's MS what's Society. up. Yeah. Right. Righteous. Yeah. I like that. So that was really cool. That was probably like my favorite show we've had there. So. Have you given any thought to like opening up like a place or like, you know, getting a place that's more suited for shows? I mean, I wish I could, but like, I don't, I don't know how to go about doing shit like that. Hmm. You know, I don't have like the, I'm not business savvy like that. I feel like I would need a group of people. Well, I seem like, like that's that. like half the battle is getting people to come, you know? Yeah. Like, you seem to be kind of like the person who, you know, waits to go to school until they actually know what they want to do instead of just like opening up a venue and having nothing there. Like the bar up the street, you know, close down the comedy club, open a country bar, nobody in it. (laughs) But that's the thing is, if if he was going to open his own establishment, he'd need the financial means. So, what you'd probably have, he'd probably have to take out a loan. So, you'd probably want investors like he's talking about. Yeah. And then once you start talking investors, you start getting the DIY kind of sucked up because exactly. the private spec- sector expects results, to quote yeah. Dan Aykroyd from Ghostbusters. And also, you'll just have more people trying to get pieces of the pie. So, right. Right. Maybe one day you'll find that sweet diamond in the rough, but maybe but yeah i don't know like i have little to no expenses doing this and i think that's a large part of the reason why it's why it works mm-hmm. you know because it's like people pay five or ten dollars to get into a show like the money is going to the bands you know i don't have yeah. expenses that i have to pay off or anything like, you don't have to you don't have a bunch of drunk fools trashing your house either so clean i up. mean you still have people somewhat trashing your house they're just yeah. not drunk yeah, <laughs> it's like it, it blows my mind, like how people just can't clean up after themselves. It's ins- like there's always like water bottles or anything just like all around my basement. I grew up on a motel, mm-hmm. so none of that shit surprises me. Man. It's like cleaning up after people. People are gross. It's when crazy, the shit's man. not there, there's it is insane what people will do. Yeah, got some horror stories about that. You got some some gnar mess stories. Um, nothing like too terrible. No dookies on the carpet. Oh my god! One time, <laughs> here we go. Nothing, nothing, nothing was shit. But um, there was one time this girl puked all over a rug. That was. I can relate to that story. I had that once. So like, I used to have a 
I used to have a rug for when it was like raining outside or whatever. So when people walked in, like they weren't going to like slip all over the place and everything. And like no one, no one likes being at a hardcore show where it's like everyone's slipping and sliding because the floor is wet, you know. So that's why I was Shoes off at the door, please. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. right. But uh, this girl came in, couldn't have been more than like 15 or 16. And like she was like obviously just not having a good time from the second she got there. Like she just looked down. I don't like this. I can just see her getting like yeah. pushed in between two big dudes, just like elbowed. It was like the <laughs> first like band. And she like walked yeah. up the stairs and uh, she puked on the floor right on top of the stairs. Ooh. And then she puked on the rug a couple times. And then she puked outside on the back patio. Then she passed out. Then they got they got her the fuck out of there. Oh. But uh yeah i like still haven't moved we moved the rug to like the back of the back patio and it's still there like i refuse to touch it (laughs) but that's like the only story like that where someone's like thrown up or like something gross like that so i'm surprised it took and that was like in april of this year so it took like two and a half years for something like that to happen which i think is really surprising yeah it is like inviting hundreds of people into your like your own private domicile. Yeah. On the regular, you'd think, like, I've seen some horrible shit just with small gatherings of people that I'm very close with. You know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, 200 strangers, I guess, yeah, prohibiting alcohol. Like, you know. I think it's a good move. Yeah, it's a good move, I feel like. I think my horror cleaning story from a party was I came home when I lit. I used to live on this rental property out on like out in the boonies with a a roommate but i came home one day after work and yeah there were just some random people in my house i was like who are you people i don't know any of you people and they were like oh the roommate invited me over my roommate wasn't even home i was like okay well i went off upstairs and i just was chilling doing my own thing i came downstairs and this girl had just was sitting there and she just threw up everywhere like, all over herself, all over the floor, and, like, all these people are like, oh, no, man, we got to get out of here. I was like, nope, there's a bucket, all this cleaning stuff. I, like, went under the sink. I was like, you can clean all this up, and I'll stand here and watch you do it. And then you can leave. And they did. That's badass. But it was just like, I don't know any of you people. You can't just puke in my house and then leave. Like, I'm not cleaning that up. You can clean it up. Right. Uh, I had a Motorola, Motorola Razor. A flip phone old school. back in back in high school and i remember i thought i was about to get in trouble in a gym class so we were laughing about something and i thought that some girl like freaked out thought we were laughing at her so i'm just like shit i got to like delete all my good videos because you know i wasn't an idiot there was like videos of us doing Stuff that terrible, was, unspeakable things. Stuff that was illegal, <laughs> you know. Um, so I didn't want to go down for that, and uh, I'm glad I did because I fucking I didn't get my cell phone taken away. But the principal came down the hallway, and I was like, "Oh shit, he's coming to get my fucking phone," <laughs> and he didn't. And I just deleted all my fucking priceless memories for nothing. But back at this house, we used to like all go to. Fucking one time, this guy Dick had a bit too much to drink. Tricky Dick. And he tried to, instead of just puking, he tried to stop the puke and he 
covered his mouth. I did that once. It just spews out. Yeah, just squirts out <laughs> the fucking sides. It's like um, those old movie, those old World War II movies where someone's on a U-boat and the pipes burst. Yeah. And they're just trying to like squeeze the pipe and it just squirts out the side. It was like that with fucking vomit. And I had this fucking picture of this guy afterwards. Just like, God, why me? Just like covered <laughs> in fucking vomit. I wish I still had this picture. But both of our stories involve alcohol. Yeah. Yours, hopefully not. Who's a sick teenager or whatever? Yeah, I don't know. I never saw her again after that. Right? Too embarrassed, probably. Yeah, I mean, if I was her, I wouldn't go back after that. <laughs> it's just like I showed Not up. Not my scene. Hardcore made me throw up, Mom. <laughs> my Christian values were alienated. Yeah, bless uh. your soul. <laughs> so who's who's the biggest act, in your opinion, that you've had there? Um, I mean, Expire was definitely up there. Uh, we did a Halloween show in 2016. Uh, cause they were like, one please. They were like about to break up. Like nobody knew it yet. And, uh, Zach wanted to do like a house show tour before they did their final tour. So we did that and that was sick. That was the first show I ever had to do pre-sales for, which was kind of a milestone. Uh, there was 120 at that show. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Then that was the first 120 yeah. for expires, uh, pre- pre-final tour yeah it was like where they had already it it sounds like they already had the idea in their head that they were gonna break up and they went to small venues he was saying it was like their second that was their second last milwaukee show Mm. that happened but yeah that that one and jesus peace um mom jeans was another big one they weren't (laughs) very big at the time but they're really big now they go on tour with the sisterhood of the traveling pants No, but they're uh, they're one of those bands that just like kind of like blew up overnight almost, and now they're like selling out five six hundred cap venues. Like to put in mom pers- jeans, I've never even heard of these guys. They're like an emo band. It's definitely like I'm gonna bring up a picture. It's definitely music that's geared towards like high schoolers and stuff like that. But like it's working well for them. Like <laughs> look how uninternet savvy I am. I just typed in mom jeans and I just got the Sears catalog. Get that out of the way so I can get the Oh man. Mom jeans, the band. Band. But, yeah. Oh, they're it's just fucking a, amazing. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. They're sick though. Um yeah, so they played my house January twenty seventeen and then I saw them January twenty eighteen play at the set in Madison to like four or five hundred people. So like just in a year's time, that was like ten times the amount of people that were there the last time I saw them. So That is crazy. I oh, mean here's the show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I was like one of the members of the band that I was just there to like not necessarily I would just, like, show up and play music. Like, I was, like, really into, like, making sure that we were doing, like, well. Mm-hmm. But I was more into, like, the instrumentation, like, recording and stuff like that. Right. Somebody else's deal was, like, you know, the the networking and getting us on shows and stuff like that. This so, was for Beholder or Typhoon? Uh, both, really. Uh, I really was not the one who had any perspective on like the shows we were playing mm-hmm. and we were playing with some like bands like, everybody was like holy fuck we're playing with these guys and I was just like man <laughs> never heard of them just cause <laughs> I was like so like detached from that um, even though I had been like going to shows yeah. for like a while 
But I mean, that was back in the day when you just wore a Necrophage shirt every day, right? <laughs> I think I only had one. So sick. So sick. I've been getting super into that band lately. Really lately? Yeah. Oh my god! Like that's that what I listened be... to when I was your age, yeah, man. Yeah, Where never... it was just only... maybe something about the age. That was just the only t- thing that was on forever. It was just like necrophages, and that's it. Oh, almost. that neoclassical solo shit. I just ate that stuff up, and that was like my primary mode of like musical tonality for I was like everything I was writing in was harmonic minor, harmonic minor, harmonic minor. There's like, oh, it's the only way to go. That's that Egyptian <laughs> scale, or whatever. It's like, it's fucking harmonic minor, you peon. Yeah, no, that I was definitely super into that too. Like, with um, with like the later songs that like abide by me was writing that never happened and like mm-hmm. with newer heresy songs like i was super into writing harmonic minor shit so like i don't know Fucking i never hell yeah fuck yeah i never really got into death metal until like this year though and like i, I wouldn't oh, say shit. i'm like into it at this point but like i'm like starting to be more open to the idea of it well if you want to get into it don't talk to this guy Nope. <laughs> because oh my god he will fucking put on the soundtrack of a man being flayed ar- alive at the other end of a dungeon yep. of house baratheon Black metal, brutal stuff <laughs> i don't i used to listen to a lot of technical stuff i don't really anymore now it's just awful terrible noise i feel like, like gore guts and shit <laughs> i feel like i listen to more like softer music now than i do heavy music anyway mm. yeah um, me too I still love like the one off that like hits me something like super heavy comes out and was like oh that just just gets me right here. Well, I mean you right here. You I just want to. I think Psychroptic has a new album coming out or what? it already dropped. Yeah, I fucking love that. Yeah, Pretty sure that Aussies. band came on my daily mix the other day. Oh yeah, Fantastic. absolutely incredible. That that's tech with some brutal shit mm-hmm. in there too. But yeah, I spent like the last month just listening to Suffocation. Mm-hmm. You know stuff that mom and dad don't want to listen to yeah, fucking gwen tried to get me into suffocation, suffocation yeah. uh, i was just like eh. did he show you the the first album cover they have where it's their guitarist and dr- drummer with their jerry curls and the the high-waisted pants and the high it's Reeboks. Just like some some like hood photoshop no it's just like a couple guys and they <laughs> sort of look, look like uh oh man what's the dude's name I'm blanking, but they just, you know, they just have like Jerry curls and stuff. And it's just like, these guys don't look like they'd be singing this. Nope. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Well, you look that up. Did, have you guys heard Ice T's uh, Body Count, their cover of Raining Blood? I kind of. I, I know that he's into that. metal. I've, I, I've heard Body Count before, but never that. Before. I was like surprised. Like somebody from like india had posted this stuff and it's like from 2017 no. that's how behind i am but i like checked it out and i actually like listened to it and i was like wow this is actually like really faithful to the original i would not expect iced tea that like he has like the the good cadence and like the talking i i would just love to see iced tea his take on angel of death there the was fucking a... the beginning of that like a couple months ago there was this band from connecticut called boundaries that i booked and they opened with a raining blood cover and everybody lost their shit it was so sick to see right Uh, it's like hey you guys played vice city (laughs) remember this song (laughs) yeah i like never i've never i hadn't seen a band cover slayer at that point yet live at least so it was really cool to see a band do that and people like get stoked on it 
So. Right. If it's like a, a song that everybody knows and you mm. just do like a little rendition of it, like people get hyped, dude. Mm. We, uh, you know what people got hyped for mm. when I went and saw them last year? What was that? I saw Slayer, remember? You oh, yeah, all that yeah. Shit. I did give you all that shit because yeah. you went with a bunch of... That was this year. I went with my dads, yeah. That was this year. Went with some dads. Wasn't uh, it like one of their last tours? Supposedly. I think they're going on another... Or for the U.S., supposedly, but... Okay. I think they'll just pull an Ozzy and do a... Right, he's going to be out this again. This is my last tour. I'm this thinking about last tour. Burial suffocation, that happened. What happened? Scroll down. That. Was that a tour? What? Where? Nile after the burial suffocation. Am I missing something? This right here? No, Dude, up no. Above it. Oh, yeah, that's that was a tour. That's sick. Uh <clears throat> yeah, I think they'll just do the the Aussie route though with just uh it's going to be our last tour. It's going to be our last tour. I remember when when after the burial was nothing but a little circuit band, man. I just saw them uh like a few days ago. They played their rave for their like uh rare forum 10 year anniversary mm-hmm. show is sick but i fucking hate going to the rave right <laughs> so much yeah i don't it's i am not a, a fan of the rave too like you can speak about that just being like a, a musician who knows it like basically what they do is they get you on a mailing list and then mail you the list of like bands that are coming up and then get you to pay in to sell tickets for it yeah and if you have the network you can double your money a lot of bands don't, and they're basically just being like, oh, you can play with this band you idolize, and a lot of people buy into it, and then they get there and they play the show, and they don't even realize that they're playing on another stage while the main show is still going on. Like, yeah. it, it goes back to the whole like predatory thing we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, where it's just like they're taking these young bands that maybe don't know how to get shows don't know that like a local music scene exists yet and they're like hey you can play with this band that you like you just have to give us like three hundred dollars and try your best to make your money back Mm -hmm. so it's like kids that don't know any better of course they're gonna do that because it's like oh well we don't know how to get shows and here's a show you know i've i've always thought pay to play was bullshit so i learned that it was bullshit but we made a ton of money on that shit because we could sell them man we could sell tickets yeah, and I mean, like, that's just, like, nowadays, like, that's not really a thing in Milwaukee. Like, it hasn't been a ticket market for mm-hmm. at least since 2012, I remember. Like, I think I sold tickets to play with Misery Signals once. But that was, like, it was a Bob show, and it wasn't, like, a you-have-to-sell-X amount to play. Like, I, he just gave me tickets and was, like, if you want to sell these, like, whatever. But since that, that was 2013. I haven't sold tickets since. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a conversation for another time. For sure. Oh my god! Sure. I can't find the exact picture I'm looking for. No, that's whatever. Speaking of pictures, do we want to do some pictures? We're about a little under an hour in, so yeah. Hope you're ready. For Saw this. a whole lot yeah. of 2009, 2010 in that. Jesus I d- Christ. The thing is, like, I went through like your tag photos. Yeah. That's usually what I try to go to first <laughs> because that's stuff that you. Um, you don't necessarily like think of your body as picture a body of pictures. Yeah. So let's see here. What Got the, the Mad Hatter here. here. That was. You look, was, uh, you look like that kid from Stranger Things, man. <laughs> that was eighth grade graduation. We were at Furches in Franklin. Uh, the girl to my left was my first ever girlfriend. She sucks. 
<laughs> she broke we're, my heart. She sucks. Fuck you. you. Bitch. No, we're, we're we're chill now. It was right? it was really funny because like so the whole story was we dated my freshman year and uh, we broke up because I had just joined this band called The Study in Scarlet and that was like the first local band I'd ever been in. And we broke up, and later on, I found out that she cheated on me with that band's fucking merch guy. And I was just you're like, like, "You, yeah." And I was suck. just like, "God damn it!" <laughs> but no, we're. I mean, that was fucking seven years ago. I don't care now. But yeah, the guy was just like, "Oh, I'm gonna hawk these tur- t-shirts now. I'm gonna hawk some sex." <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that was that's just high school. <laughs> you know. All right, we'll go to the next one. Wait, why is this not? Oh, why do you go. not do this? Uh, that was here. that's the study in Scarlet, the first local band I was in. That's in uh, seven. How, how about how old were you in this? this I was photo probably shoot. fifteen. That's at Seven Bridges in South Milwaukee. I'm surprised you guys like this is where they find like stranded black metal bands, just like out in the woods in the winter. Yep. Well, I mean, I'm, <laughs> you've been to Seven Bridges before. Like, uh it's, no. It's like a public park. Like old people go around there and walk all. Th- like all day and shit and it's like at night like teenagers will go there and like they'll like make out or they'll do drugs make out point they'll they'll have bonfires on the lake or (laughs) stefan lives by the part estabrook where that's the park where all the the gay guys go to uh, blow each other yeah supposedly yeah (laughs) i mean yeah good for them but like they really had a problem with that for a while it's like stop giving each other blowjobs in a public place please stop (laughs) it's really funny the guy um on the top right is actually the entire reason that i go to shows because we went to high school together and uh he came up to me in the hallway circle that guy again uh but he came up to me in the hallway one day and was like hey uh, i heard you play guitar and my band's looking for like a another guitar player to play our show on Friday. They were playing at the Logeman Center in Mequon. And he was like, do you want to learn our set in a few days and play the show? And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> nice. So I did, and I played my first local show that weekend, and the rest is history. So. That's a, a thing, really. Like, I feel like a lot of people like try to network too much and try to do too much online. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, what got me involved was just getting out there playing some shows getting my name in the bin for people to like oh this guy plays guitar Mm -hmm. and just start building your connections from there like i literally like second band i ever really formed put me in contact with jason jones and uh james newstater james newstater like sought me out online and told me this guy jason's looking to start a band and you just form from there. Like, mm. doesn't matter how old you are. Right. Just start. Just start doing it. Like, yeah, you're, like there's going to be a lot of failures to plug through. And the earlier you start, the better. Yeah. And I was always the young one in like every band I was in in high school. Like, even those dudes were 17, 18. Right. And I was 15. And even like with Abide by Me, all those dudes were in their early 20s. And Same I was shoes, 16 man. or 17. So. I'm like really thankful to my mom pop for like letting me hang out with like these these older dudes. Like, yeah, me too. Honestly, it's like I don't really know what I would be doing if I didn't get involved in this at such a young age, you mm-hmm. know? Because like I just completely immersed myself in it. Like I didn't give a shit about anything else throughout high school besides going to shows. So now you probably have like a unique perspective on it. It's like okay, give your kid an iPad at a young age, and now they can like you know hack your butthole closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right 
Um, what do we got here? I pulled this one just for a uh, boozy boy. Is this me right here? I'm just kidding. Was <laughs> I, I tagged like in this photo? Yeah, you were tagged oh. in it. I didn't oh, know where you were. Me. Yeah, this guy's yeah, very I'm, photogenic. I'm That's Boozer. That's somewhere. Jeff Boozer. You know Jeff Boozer? Yeah, I know Jeff Boozer. Um, this was the Unity Lodge, May 2011. Love that place. Great uh, place. I want to say it was a face for radios last... No, maybe... I, I think a face for radio might have played. That was like a pop punk band he was in at some point. I'm not sure. I just know Boozer from uh he was always involved with everything. Like no matter what show I was at, like he was there. <laughs> like I haven't seen he was him involved in a long in... time now, but he was yeah, in he no moved Zodiac. out to Arizona, I think. Yeah, cuz he was in No Zodiac for a while mm-hmm. and then I don't know what happened there, but I don't think he is anymore. But um yeah, I want to say this was Monsters' last show. At the oh, Unity I Lodge. played with them a couple times in uh, Apophis. Uh, yeah, fucking Monsters, Lake County Kids, mm-hmm. two awesome. I think like a couple of the members were brothers between those two bands. Yeah, and they they started other bands too. I think uh, the singer of Monsters and then his two younger brothers started other bands. Like I don't know who was in Lake County Kids because that was a little before my time. Mm-hmm. But I know Grand Finale was another band that was like those brothers, like not the old not the dude in Monsters, but the two younger ones were in that band. I think a color morale was kind of involved in that same little really? click for a bit there. I remember I playing with them at uh Unity Lodge. Okay. Yeah, this was uh I only went to two shows there. It was this one and then the last Unity Lodge show that happened, which was like God, I forget who even played. The Ox King played. Um, Sworn In. Kingmaker. I don't know. Like a bunch of older local bands. That was such a great time at that venue. Uh, one time, I um, we it was like a Halloween show. Mm. And we just decided to wrap me in toilet paper. Be a toilet paper mummy. And that shit lasted for two minutes. Jesus. And then I was just a dude in like shambles of like toilet paper and his underwear. <laughs> so like I like got spent thirty minutes getting wrapped in toilet paper, and then just to get it moshed off of me, I went out there and like mosh mummied it. Yeah, I great venue though. I, I love got my place. ass beat there. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the first show I ever went to there um, during Kingmaker, I got fucking knocked out with their first song gnarly dude i woke up it was like some like cartoon like i woke up on the grounds actually saw stars and shit i was like where the fuck am i like it was crazy i remember at uh, a rave show i think it was a um summer slaughter tour okay uh we'll skip the last name but sammy fucking i remember like the breakdown was coming up he throws up the timeout sign and then, like, starts throwing, throwing down, and somebody just fucking, like, catches him right on the jaw, just down. Oh, Sammy. He was like, time out. <laughs> it was like he was calling it, like, Babe Ruth go up to the fucking thing. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm about to get knocked out. Bam! <laughs> um, this is the Sherman Perk Coffee Shop, which was a, a venue that had local shows from, like, 2012 to 2014, maybe. Um... Let's see i i'm assuming that's amberson hall old local band the dude i'm fucking hard styling with is a, <laughs> a guy named josh conley he used to play in a band called the dialogue incident which was like more of like a i guess like a genty 
for lack of better term band oh, god man like all the local stuff with that just so bad <laughs> so bad his band was really good though that's um, good this this place was sick it was in kind of a shitty area of town like it was like in sherman park basically so mm. like if you got off the freeway at fond du lac avenue and just went uh went northwest a few miles you were there so definitely an interesting place to have shows but it was sick because they were always free so oh. they would always draw super large crowds because of that and it was a super small area too like one of the last shows that happened there it was in 2015 um Aracy played when i was in the band uh this band called wicked world played a band called audacity I think one other band played and it was just so violent that the owner afterwards was just like, no more. Like I'm fucking sick. <laughs> I'm of this. throwing the towel Someone in. Someone broke a table and the dude was just like, All right, like fuck this. Like <laughs> Come on, guys. I can't blame him, but like it was just complete chaos that entire show. Hey man, that was the the thing that brought Milwaukee's glory days to an end. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it has happened before. And so it shall happen again. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. People forget. I don't know what we got here. Headband. Dude, I don't even... Is that... You know what I thought about doing, dude? I thought about putting together just, like, a series of photos of you just fucking claptoning it. Because there's a few of them. That's his move. That's it, your move, dude. Especially, oh. especially like when I was a lot younger, I just used to lean back and just like even in the. Uh, Do you have night. one in here? Uh, I'm assuming. Is this it right here? Oh no, that's not. No, that's not him. That's oh. a band called Beyond the Ocean Floor that was from like Central Wisconsin. Where is this? It. He doesn't even know. It looks like the Miramar. No, though, because the. This isn't part of the Miramar. Uh, that could be. I thought it was like maybe like a high school auditorium or something. That's like me that. with Adam Warren in like 2011 or some shit. Oh yeah, I was gonna bring that up to Link Guitar last guest. Big scary man, teddy bear in real life. <laughs> Such like a soft-spoken individual. Yeah, I don't even remember what show this was. It was at the rave for sure, but I I couldn't tell you what. I'm fucking. You can tell it's old because I'm wearing a No Care Ever shirt. Where do those come from, even, man? But for those who can't see this, it's JJ with the singer from Jason's band, Oceano. Brociano. That's probably in his era, too. Like, uh, let me see. That's Oceano that shirts right in the background. 2011. So. Yeah, I was trying to, like, see, like, what shirts there were so I could maybe identify the uh, era. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't tell you, man. That's so long ago. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, that was that was at the Borg Ward. This is a really nice picture. Yeah, dude, that was such a sick show. Um, this was with Abide by Me, and uh, this was the first ever four band show I've ever played, and it made me fall in love with four band shows because the show started at like six and ended before nine o'clock. Oh, you're like playing fests before that. Were you part of the victim of that? Like a lot of there were a lot of shows that were like six seven bands or more and like with metalcore bands they were all playing 25 30 minute sets dude you know no like that I know. is that <laughs> is such a terrible no. format let's let's eat up all the profit spread it too thin and people will just have to stand there and get exhausted i always just thought like why not just just kill the fest idea mm-hmm. you're not robot mosh fest yeah. everybody was trying to be that next like midwest 
festival okay. and it's like no you're all this market is oversaturated and you're wearing people out just like pulling this every every show yeah and i mean as hardcore has taken over a little bit more than metalcore over the years people's attention spans have gotten shorter because they're getting used to bands playing for 10 15 minutes you know and it's like nobody in milwaukee shows up to shows before seven o'clock now and they want the shows to end at nine o'clock well, so it's like Speaking of attention span, let, let your grandpappy be over here tell you about his days in the grindcore. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't have it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. But, uh, uh, yeah, no. It's, so it's like I'm so used now. I'm just so used to like four or five band shows that run in two hours flat. You know, so it's like to think that I was playing all these shows that were like seven or eight bands that started at like 4 p.m. and ended at like 11. It like hurts my head to think about honestly because it's like how could you be at a show for that long right you know? yeah um one of the things uh sammy had done for me a, a good thing he had done for me in the past was uh we were in a band and we were playing pretty much last we were supposed to headline mm. but like that doesn't mean shit when it's like local and nobody's heard yeah of everything gets mixed up you're pretty much getting shafted and we had been delegated to like our set had been bashed down to 10 minutes oh shit. and the owners of the place were like you're finishing at this time and that's it so sammy was like you're paying these guys extra money for f f basically running your show like a shit show mm. and having them show up to not even play basically right. yeah and it's like you always have to account for shit running behind mm -hmm. you know and it's like it's like yeah i'll write up a schedule for every show i do but it's like there's no guarantee that it's actually gonna start and end when it's supposed to that was always my shit though like i would express to my bandmates it's like get in there set your shit up like mm -hmm. a fucking nascar pit crew and fucking play people will appreciate it right like they don't want to hear you fucking talk you just shut up and play get your shit and then fucking go like or bands that'll set their shit up and then just like fuck around for 10 minutes before they play like i think that shit's so annoying mm -hmm. it's just like just just play like if you're ready to play, you're not Guns N' Roses. Yeah, right. That's what everyone's here for. Uh, this was the talent show at my high school, maybe 2012 Did or you 2013. Win? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Look at them curls. Yeah, it was really funny. Um, I didn't know, but apparently this was on the front page of the Franklin paper. Like a couple days later, and I only found out about it because someone sent me like a picture of it. <laughs> Like, no, like one thought, nice. no one thought to tell me or ask if they could use the picture. Right. They just did it. But, yeah, I don't know. It was sick. That was He's a geez. minor. The JJJs. Yeah. That, that, I think that was, JJJs. like, a joke. Is this a Halloween costume? No, I worked <laughs> at Jimmy John's for three years. Mm. This was my first day there, actually. Uh, I only know that because I didn't have any hair ties my first day. I didn't think I would need one. And they were like, hey, your hair is kind of long. You should probably put that up. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> So, did you like working at Jimmy John's? Fuck no, dude. <laughs> That's what I was going to, like, question you about. Like, I was just... Because it's, like, a divide. Some people like it. Yeah, I've, I've some actually... Some people don't. I actually knew... you. We've all known some people that have worked at Jimmy John's. I actually went to one of their, like, Jimmy John's Halloween parties. They all, like, were roommates on the east side for a while. Mm -hmm. Well, and when you're in, like, a touring band or something like that, like, a job like that is ideal... Because, like, they'll let you off whenever, mm -hmm. you know. But they're an extremely cheap company, and they expect way too much out of you for how little they want to pay yep. you. And that's why I quit. 
because mm. after three years i was making nine bucks an hour and that's fucking stupid yep so fucking that's, uh that's a hard pass jimmy john's is like one of those things where like some people will just be like kind of grossed out by the mechanics of making the sandwiches oh my god and slicing some of the meats are so gross dude like the beef and the turkey in particular it's just like if you like opened up the packaging there's just all this slime that the meat's engrossed in it's just immediately it's just like this this is stupid <laughs> like, i hate this yeah. <laughs> ectoplasm this was at the sherman per coffee shop too uh oh that's I, the interior i want to say this was my first show with Aresy. uh this the band pictured is a band called under ages that's actually still a band now yeah they are uh used to be in a band with uh carl no shit yeah dude they've gone through so many singers it's kind of hard to keep track of who's in at this point because like there was he was in the band and before that it was nick denny and before that it was god i don't even remember but they've had like three or four frontmen in the past few years i will reserve comment on this as well (laughs) (laughs) for sure but yeah i want to say that was one of their first shows if not their first show yeah, that was a cool show, definitely. It looks like it. Um, it. I was like wondering if this was a place in like a Champagne Urbania. There was like a really cool venue down there. It kind of looks similar, but oh, no, this, this is the is interior of the Sherman Park. Yeah, no, apparently, that's Milwaukee. All right, that's a big old place, man. It it would look a lot smaller if you were there. Do you mourn the loss of the Sherman Park? I like that place a lot, and like it was also really sick because like where all those people are standing in the back there was like a railing that kind of separated people from like the standing area and everyone used to think it was like hilarious to just like jump up on the railing and hit people and i miss having that (laughs) (laughs) uh that's this is a wall of you yeah that's a hallway in my house uh i'm an only child and i think this is is how you know i was so do you okay do you do you leave these up when the people come through yeah okay People really love to just stop and look at it. That's great, though. That's that is fucking amazing, though. Zoom in so we can see it a little better. <laughs> Don't worry. My mom had something similar. Oh, so many JJs. Except I have, I have siblings, so it was an entire wall of everybody. Yeah, it, it was just me. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, it just means you get more, uh, more visibility. More play, You get man. more attention, and you get all the presents at Christmas. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, people love that shit. Um, that was at a place called the Showcase in Racine. That you got a face like, where did everybody go? <laughs> that place where sucked. Everybody show up a lot. Uh, it was only active for like a summer, and then it closed down. Mm-hmm. Um, the band behind me is a band called Delinquents from Madison. That was their first show, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and it was just, it was so echoey and shitty in there. Like I played there a couple times with Aracy. And it was just so bad. Like, I could only hear Marcus's snare. And that was it, because everything was so echoey. Like, you couldn't make anything out. And, like, if you were just someone watching the band, like, you wouldn't even know what was going on. Just terrible acoustics. Yeah, it was fucking terrible. You know, what I would suggest first bands do, if you could get... If I could offer any advice to a band trying to play their first show and not having a turnout like that. Yeah. Typhon's first show, I had had like a first show for another band, but this was like kind of my second band, like once I actually had grown. This is a real, real first show. Yeah, this is the real, real first show. Yeah. Um, getting involved in like the DIY community in the surrounding communities, like played in Jefferson, 
We didn't have transport. Jefferson County? Jefferson County. You were up at my grandma's place? Yep. Fucking. What the fuck did you play out there? That town had nothing. There was enough people there that, you know, they're close to Milwaukee. There's enough, like, freaks and geeks. And um, we basically got a call that a band had dropped. And, like, can you play this show? Jason called me up and was like, you guys want to play the show? We mustered the troops. Everybody was down. We drove out there. And, like, we didn't even have transport for our gear. So I rented a U-Haul and totally ate it for, like, the cost. But fucking had a show that was, like, already kind of going on and had a draw. And we were just there. And we just, like, got our name out to, like, way more people. But we literally played. Our stage was a fucking loading dock. Good stage. You know, if you think about it, it was, yeah, like, a loading dock with, like... Sound goes right out to, from the dock into yeah. the... And there's, like, a garage door behind it, so it was, yeah. like, completely enclosed. And then there was, like, the dock, so you had, like, a little impromptu stage. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Had a fucking great time. But, yeah. you know, uh, it might be the nostalgia goggles, too. <laughs> you see in Rosie. <laughs> but uh, I didn't feel, like, defeated that nobody had showed up for this show. I, like, left it felt feeling good. So... Like, if uh, for starting bands, like, if you can rise to fill a void, you know, just like right. get out there, get some contacts, and then like don't try and do something like square one your first thing, like right. try and like fill a position or something like that, right? Yeah, it's definitely a lot of just like who you know, mm -hmm. basically. But, um, this picture was for uh, the last band I was in, A Race Evolve, which was the the band that started the venue basically but this was just like a promotional material for it like the whole like the the name was erase slash slash evolve so like the slash slash which is kind of like our logo and uh that was like i posted that on facebook like a day before i like announced that like there was a new band and everything so that's basically all that was it was like our profile picture for a few months probably too mysterious oh what's this being a big Kanye release coming up. <laughs> I didn't hear anything you said. This was this was a race of all of, uh, everybody that was in it. Fucking rest in peace, man. Have it, fun in this band. You like yeah, this band? Yeah, because this was the first band where I was like the guy that was doing everything, and like it was more of like I guess my project instead of just like being in someone else's weekend nachos. Yeah, this, this guy's got a weekend nachos sweater. <laughs> Sorry. Ben, <laughs> ben loves power violence. Um, this was in Minneapolis. This is our first time playing there. We played at, like, this house was honestly fucking sick. It was, like, a five- or six-story, like, mansion that we played in. There was, like, probably three people there or something. I, I remember that because mm, we got paid. Yes, we have a little hardcore band playing this weekend. We got paid $3 for that show, and I think I bought a McChicken with that money. Ouch. Yeah. You were just like, I did all the legwork for this, so I'm taking this money. Yeah. It ain't even I, worth yeah, nothing. I can see the enthused faces here. Three dollars. <laughs> no, I mean you can't you can't take promos as like a metalcore band and like look happy. Yeah, you can't you can't smile. No. Dude, all you or need Jason was Jason uh Jones was trying to tell us he was gonna try and turn the page on that in his last leg. Not in the bring promos. The yeah, bring Not the in the promos, in. dude. <laughs> <laughs> his whole thing at the end of it was like he had seen like a lot of the stuff where he'd just be like okay you'd see everybody like you know uh, and then hit the first chord mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah time to crowd kill just grr <laughs> yeah 
So we had this picture of him. He literally looked like Jesus playing a bass, just with a big shit-eating grin on his face. And we're like, what's going on here? And he's like, oh, I was just trying to rock the positivity because a lot of negativity is yeah. seen. I think this might be the last promo picture we ever took as a band. And this was like pretty early into our time being a band, too. It's a good photo. Hell yeah. I like yeah. the uh, color palette. Hell yeah. Uh, so, yeah, fuck Nazis. So this is this is downstairs, like in the in the venue, quote unquote. Uh, that's with my friend Brandon Santos, who uh, he plays in a, a straight edge band called Forced Impact, and he used to play in a hardcore band called Backbone. Um, looks like that this was February of this year. Uh, the touring bands were down swing from New York and Kaunashi from Pennsylvania. I don't like. I never really booked metalcore shows. Like, this was, like, I was kind of taking a risk, like, booking, like, a metalcore package, but it actually ended up working out really well. There was probably, like, 50 or 60 kids there, so it was cool. <sighs> Not as big of a draw, but still worked out. I was I was thinking, like, earlier about um, just, like, Nazi graffiti in general, and, like, the fucking imbeciles doing it half the time mm. don't even know how to properly make a the swastika, <laughs> yeah, the arms get all messed up or whatever. And yeah, a, a couple people were giving me shit because, like, I, when I had that like done or whatever, they're like, you know, for like three seconds, there was like an actual swastika <laughs> before wall. you put the. Yeah, I was yeah. like, fuck <laughs> you, dude. Like, <laughs> um, this is with that's kind of funny to be honest. Yeah, right. Uh, this is a band I'm in currently called Slow Panic. It's a hardcore band. This was from a show we played earlier this month at my house. Uh, we ended up hopping on like at the very last second, so we booked. I booked two locals for this show, and both of them dropped like a week before the show. So we kind of had to scramble, and uh, it's just like fuck it. I guess I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we were all gonna be there anyway. Mitch's other band, Low End, was playing, and uh, Tom and I. Tom's the guy playing bass. Uh, we booked the show together, and Michael was already planning on going. So we we're just like, do you just want to play this show? So we fucking did it we didn't get to practice before we played it which kind of sucked mm. but our set's like eight minutes so it's fine <laughs> dude we fucking know it like we consistently do an hour and a half to two hours we never do less than an hour and a half sometimes we do more but we've had people just like cancel on us the day of mm -hmm. and it's like okay there goes our material right what are we what are we gonna talk about and it's it's been kind of amazing like some of the days where we've had people just straight up cancel mm. like the shit we've actually managed to like talk about and make it interesting totally some people quit. like some people quit five minutes before we're supposed <laughs> oh, to go God on damn. jesus christ <sighs> i try not to bring that up because you know i'd ask you not to but yeah that's frustrating <laughs> well, yeah that's what the the area where the band plays looks like more or less i love it right oh, yeah. i think that's the last one yeah that's the last one. Oh shit good segment hell yeah I, I really like going through, like, pictures with people, you know? Bring back all the nostalgia. Yeah, you're bringing back a bunch of haunting memories from my youth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can it, hear the screams already. I used to be a chud in high school. <laughs> hey, man, it wasn't good for me either. Maybe one day we should pull up, you know, some of us to turn the turn the guns on ourselves, have somebody else question us. Because I definitely have some, like shitty early band photos from like high school where i'm like with 
I'm just like have like very shitty long hair and you had long hair posing in front of a fucking gravestone. I don't remember you having long hair ever. That must have been a very young Doug. Yes. That must have been middle school. This I don't was, remember you having long no, hair. No, this high was this was high school, and it was straight at. It was like after my like scrub lord jinko jeans phase. Mm. I only remember you having a necrophagist shirt all the time and short hair. <laughs> so uh, we. I wanna... was like every time I saw you, I was like that guy likes necrophages. <laughs> yeah i've been basically wearing the same shit since i was in high school just tight jeans band shirt and then that's about it said do you want to call up the news oh the news yeah sure i'm sorry i can't read lips <laughs> yeah we got some you can't news. read text either <laughs> where are we gonna go no, yeah i'm not big on reading i'm just kind of uh let's do the uh the four-year-old this is in local. the car Get local with it. The headline, four-year-old girl spends eight hours inside minivan and pound of my Milwaukee police. So the basic outline of the article that I gathered was mother arrested for drunk driving. Which, in the first place, that's fucked up thing number one. Yeah. Is that like both parties in this? Are very much at fault. Yeah. So the mother gets pulled over. She ends up getting arrested. She has a baby in the car a 10 month year old child which they remove which they get rid of but the four-year-old is still in the van and then they end up impounding it so that means they didn't search it and at the same time that means that child was what just sitting there just not a word i have no idea but apparently the the impound lot i had seen from somebody talking uh just from the story getting passed around uh that they do not have the right to go inside of the car. No, they do not. After it's initially searched, because I had my car searched once, after it's initially searched and impounded, uh, there's nothing else that happens to it. There's just one search, and then it gets impounded, and that's it. <laughs> they missed the fucking four-year-old. Jesus. Yeah. It's like a hard thing to miss. <laughs> right? I uh, imagine like the kid was just sitting there completely silent or something good behaved four-year-old man yeah, like usually they're a little on. squirrely and then you know the dread starts setting in the dread sets in <laughs> your stomach other? drops and you realize i'm in a car i've been in a car for a while <laughs> like i don't think this is the way things are supposed to go yeah. i wonder that must have just been an awful eight hours of just impending dread slight slowly building over all that time until... not even dread like boredom like could you sit in a space for like five minutes as a four-year-old well how long does it take before the four-year-old's just like i'm gonna die in here i'm gonna yeah, die how long did it take for them to be like something's not right here. i don't know <laughs> if i fully had like a, a good concept of death at four years old to be honest <laughs> <laughs> to be completely honest with you um but one of the things i thought was like kind of screwed up is the uh the initial statement and release it's like oh we are Sorry that this happened, uh, but they put all like You're the focus about, on the uh, mother uh, being intoxicated, and none on like the police departments. Like, uh, of course, they're, they're making talking the about statement. the police department. The police department. Yeah, statement? they they really tried to say as little as possible about what they did wrong, and try to like point the finger at the mother, put all that blame on it, but. Uh, uh, Mayor Barrett 
is kind of just apparently like, the girl was very upset and crying something that <laughs> none think? of us would like to have happened to any of our children I, I i have not i do not see the uh excerpt necessarily that you're talking about uh trying to cast the blame more on the mother maybe not in this one but i yeah, did th- see i don't it. think it's on this one this is just on a this is on a global news from i think california yeah this which is a milwaukee article yeah which is where i saw it first and then eventually i saw some of like the milwaukee entities like the milwaukee fox it went viral putting it out there it went viral it went so viral that fox had to go against the cops man that's, that's their bread and butter man that's crazy right <laughs> it's like uh who are we gonna make more money off of this story going viral and us getting the clicks and the advertisement or our core user base <laughs> i tell you man i like actual watching actual news for the past chunk of time has just been so hard everything's just everything just is being spun so quickly it's enough to make your head spin it's ridiculous i understand like why they're doing it too but it's still like it's not appropriate and we need to move away from this paradigm they're fucking trying to compete with online entities they have to try and like sensationalize something to get people to bite and to actually like look at it which sucks like it's it's such an unfortunate side effect of the era that we're in right now but it's like you need to get something to like hook the the viewer in yeah you got to have some juicy bait but yeah I, and that, just everything's so flip flip floppy it's just it's hard to understand okay i did see this story though <clears throat> uh the system error japan cyber security minister admits he's never even used a computer <laughs> that's fucking insane right he was like i don't even know what a usb drive is i believe it though but man that guy followed i believe the the principle called the paradox the peter principle where the man it's basically that a person continues to get elevated in position until they're in a position of complete incompetence right yeah yeah that man just took it to the t <laughs> Um, I think he's also in charge of the Paralympic committee. There's a 2020 Paralympic Games yeah. that's happening in Japan that he was completely unaware of. I love his as, statement of as well. I love his statement of since the age of 25, I instructed, I have instructed my employees and secretaries, so I do not use computers myself. It's literally like that guy in Office Space who's just like, "What exactly would you say you do here?" <laughs> oh, I. <laughs> Give the papers to my secretary and she takes them to the client or whatever. That's just one of those things that amazes me about certain people, and we all know them, where it's like, I do not know how to do these skills that have evolved where everybody knows how to do them in society. Therefore, it is not my fault. It is not my f- responsibility to learn to these learn things. The people that give up on learning. Those people are so frustrating as a computer person as the computer guy as the company computer guy you're dealing with these people all the time you have people that are like doing great like most people like they will understand like clicking on some stuff and figuring it out is not going to make your computer explode some people think that though if if your company is doing due diligence if your it guy is doing well they have effectively locked you out of doing 
anything that can really cause any real harm. So just figure it out, you know? Google it's it. Clicking. Get a clicking. Google it. That's how I fixed my car today. <laughs> right? I don't know the, shit about cars. I had about the I've replaced a burnt out headlight before, but yesterday Assemblies, I, you know, they're unique to the yeah, car. Maybe. Yesterday I I picked up my girlfriend and I realized I had a padiddle and I was like, Oh damn, I'm oh. that guy. <laughs> so I I was like, after work, I'll go pick up the light, I'll just replace the bulb, which would be pretty it should be a pretty quick fix. I've done it on cars before. But on the Grand Am I have, there's this massive like plastic shielding that covers the top like which you got to remove. Car. Yeah, which I have to remove, and it's inserted with these plastic clips, which I am going to use the descriptor, descriptor of. They are like nipples. Because when I, the, I loaded the YouTube video, the guy's like, oh, yeah. Would you like to know more? Yeah. The guy's <laughs> like, oh, you just put a screwdriver under here, and you just wiggle a little bit, they'll pop right out. That is not what you have to do. You take the screwdriver. Solid dating advice. Yeah, you, you take the <laughs> screwdriver, you stick it underneath like the main plastic flap, and you wiggle it a little bit, and then you push the plastic flat back down and the middle part looks yeah, like it, yeah, a hardened uh-huh. erect nipple <laughs> and you you pull on that and you pull it out because it's actually a pin that plenty of shit to break yeah it's actually a pin that expands and then forms the clamp mm-hmm. when you when you insert it into it's, the it's like a rivet except plastic yeah you know so i had to remove like eight of those it took me a while to figure that out and then i had to get the rest of the assembly out but I forgot where I was going with this. It was a real pain in the ass. You Googled it, though. Yeah, I Googled it, watched like a YouTube video, which wasn't even applicable to the model car that I had. It was, or not an exact match of the model car I had. It ended up being like a 2009 Grand Prix instead of the 2004 Grand Am I drive. JJ, you're you're a young guy. You grew up with this stuff. Sure. Like, it's more ingrained in you guys, I would say than it is with people older than myself even mm. like i was instilled with like you know look up look up google i grew up with that do some research yeah uh what was the last thing that you googled that was like you somebody in past generations probably would have paid somebody to do it you you looked it up I'm trying to think um sorry to put you on the spot like no, that No, it's fine uh, it could be just something simple. Yeah, like I, I haven't done that. In, oh, it was a uh, fucking my garage opener was fucked up. Uh, like the remotes, you know, that you would like push to open your garage mm-hmm. or whatever. Like it was like fucking up. So I had to like go to YouTube and just like I guess look up how to fix it or whatever. Because like it just the none of the remotes worked, but like the the doorbell worked. So I just had to do some troubleshooting and just like I replaced the batteries and just like fucked with some shit and it worked again. So um, it took like five minutes. Right. But yeah, like like someone that's like my parents' age would have just like straight up called somebody to make that happen. Yeah, we need a garage door repairman guy. And the garage door repairman guy would have been like, you know what you need? A whole new garage door opener. (laughs) It's like fucking Apple. Apple should move into the garage door. Even sooner than that, I had to replace my dryer vent. I've. I've been really about trying to fix shit myself lately. Yeah, yeah. why? To the core. I just want to know how to do it. But um, we had like a flex pipe, like for the exhaust pipe. So it was like this like white like plastic shit, and there was like a giant hole ripped in it. And I was like, that's not good. So like I I didn't think much of it, but I tried drying my clothes, and they didn't dry. So I was like, oh okay, that's an issue. So I went to Menards and like had to go there a few times because I bought the wrong shit like three times in a row. But I ended up fixing it, and uh, 
I found that fucking pipe at Menards, like the original one, and it says in big fucking letters, do not use for dryer venting. So I just wanted to know like who the fucking idiot was that set it up originally because they <laughs> fucked up that bad. Was it PVC or something? No, like it was... It's like an aluminum probably. No, it wasn't even aluminum. Like it was this really thin, like stretchy material. Oh, okay. So like a... It was probably like metal spring coiling with like a plastic like covering over it. Something like yeah. that, maybe. Remember when we had to fix my mother's dryer? Oh my god. I get a call. My mom's just like, my dryer's not working. Can you come and fix it? For some reason... I- I'm having flashbacks we were- to just like issues that are so dumb that it, you just can't believe that this is the fucking actual solution to it. But continue. Continue. So, I don't remember why... You came along. We were supposed to have breakfast or something? Uh, you were over here. We were hungover, and you're just like, oh, I got to go help my mom. And it's in Germantown, yeah. so I was like, I'll come with. I'll help. So my mom's dryer isn't working. We go over there. I, like, press the button, try to get it to start. It wasn't working. Yeah, there was no heat was the yeah. issue. So I'm just like, all right. I like, ended up finding this thing. The, so the, 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 the problem. End, the end issue, yeah. yeah. But so I take it apart. I'm just like, all right, uh... We literally go to my work, which to is get a up the street. Yeah, to get a fucking like a multimeter. Yeah, a multimeter. So we can check like a, a so we can check like if there's if the wiring's right. Yeah, like we test every exposed joint. I, I had the drum out. Like the whole thing was taken apart, and I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with this thing. And Doug, you I think you were just like messing with the control console or something. And you were like flicking some knobs. You're like, oh, uh, the knob's broken. So it was turned to heat. But the actual, like, plastic piece didn't turn the knob. You know how uh, on a guitar knob, sometimes there's just, like, a flat side to the pot? The plastic had just broken off of that. So when you spun it, it didn't turn the fucking... (laughs) (laughs) That that happened with my toilet with the flush handle a couple times. It's really funny. Booking DIY shows has given me a lot of insight on how to fix toilets over the years. Because people have varying sizes of shits. Just no, just because people have broken my toilet a few times. It's really funny. <laughs> Same here. This guy knows yep. all about that. Just yeah. with like the people we've had just on this podcast, my toilet joint's kind of shitty, and they just like literally fucking just wrap the thing around until yeah. like it would just get stuck open, and then it would just leak into my run constantly. Toilet. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy how doing shit like that kind of turns you into a handyman over the years too. Out like, of necessity, man. Yeah. You know who I feel bad for, though, about all this is this Japanese cybersecurity minister, because he's never Googled anything. <laughs> the thing was, <laughs> you don't even know what Google is. <laughs> I know, he couldn't even Google anything for his own assistance. Get this. People were saying he's the perfect guy to the job for the job because he can't be hacked. He's not out there. <laughs> he has no internet presence. Yeah, he has none, so like he might have some. Oh, that's great. So I have a story about a phallic stash, statue or demonic yoga. Take a pick. Uh, let's do the Serbian one because JJ is... commented. Yeah. Slovak? Was it Slovakian? Yeah. It was Serbian. It's Serbia. A little different. Oh. Where was the, where'd the Slovakian come from earlier? Uh, we were, I was scrolling through a website called Reddit, and they had a image Ooh, of... A website <laughs> called Reddit. <laughs> yeah, you like that? Uh, they had an image of some protests going on there today uh, for corruption for all, and what's fake. What's happening there? Apparently, it's the 
the title of the image was protests in Slovakia over political corruption and false academic certificates. So JD is nodding his head. You got some insight on that? No, I got some relatives coming in. What's the four one one? He's just agreeing because he (laughs) he read the title as well. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I've been there before. (laughs) What's it like there? What did you go there for? What I have relatives there. Like I'm a quarter Slovak. I went there when I was ten and when I was twelve. Just kind of went around like Bratislava, which is the capital. Mm. It's sick. And uh, the second time we went there, we like this was hilarious. We walked into a hotel. And just like ate their, like their breakfast and just left and just they didn't care. Nice. Yeah. So Me was... hungry. Eat your food now. Can you answer this? Because we're all dying to know. How's the hardcore scene? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that depends on who you ask. Um, I think it's better than it's ever been at this point. I meant in Slo- oh, Slovakia. In Slovakia? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Zoom! <laughs> My bad, dude. Um, yeah, I fucking have, have no clue. But yeah, the hardcore scene currently, pretty strong. Just because the DIY and... I, I think the, the climate you know right do? now for it is very the, strong. The DIY is so strong, you should host seminars on how to fix toilets and... And fucking practical shit afterwards, because those those people want to see it, man. <laughs> yeah, right. If you stick around afterwards, you could see this practical demonstration on how to fix toilet. Yeah, right, and pay $5 instead of going to Home Depot for the class on now, the weekends. <laughs> now you can host a hardcore show venue in your house, too, because you can take out the brutal shits that will be taken in your toilet. <laughs> I think hardcore just as a scene though has a really just the mentality in it allows it to persist through a yeah lot it, of the the waves that have come through it's yeah. like a metalcore was kind of like a disco it, it was yeah. like a coming and going and uh hardcore has its roots in punk punk stuck around metal as an overarching genre is stuck around but it's gone through its its fad and changes as has hardcore but like honestly like a lot of like the core things of like hardcore what makes remain up hardcore true and, yeah. and same and uh remain true and stay the same there's new takes on it all the time but the it, core values st- yeah it's still the same kind of music like you could listen to it as like an old head and being like this isn't all that alienating you know yeah well yeah and like with hardcore i feel like a lot of bands are just kind of ripping off of a band that was really popular 10, 15 years ago. So it's like, even if like an older person would like listen to some of the newer bands now, they'd be like, oh, they're just trying to be that band. So like the, the sound has definitely stayed very consistent, I think, over the years. But uh, yeah, yeah. A, a band that they had no degree of like thought of yeah. necessarily. Yeah. It's just the style, man. Yeah. I also feel like. And this is just coming from me, but I feel like metalcore, there was like way more egos than there ever has been in hardcore. That's disco, though. Yeah, that's the thing. Fucking Stellas. Oh, man. Like, um, that's the thing uh, that really drove me away from like a lot of like meeting people in music. Mm. I've met some of like the greatest people, but I've also met the biggest cunts I have ever met in my entire life. I've met people that I want nothing to do with and they just keep coming back around because that's the 
that's the kind of person that they are. You just wish you could be done away with. It's funny that you say that because uh, I was interviewed for a zine maybe, I don't know, like earlier this year. And I said something exactly along the lines of that. Like the question was like, uh, do you have any advice for people that want to get involved in a scene but just don't necessarily know how? And one of the first things I said was like, you're going to meet a lot of awesome people and a lot of fucking terrible people. Mm -hmm. And like that obviously sounds pretty off-putting, but it's just like one of those things that's it's just not for everyone, you know? And if it's not for you, it's not the end of the world. But it's like there's a lot of good that can come from hardcore or like any DIY music scene and a lot of bad. It's just kind of how it is. I'm sure you've thought about this before and I've said it several times before. It's not about meeting the dream team about the exact right group of people mm. if you're trying to like do a project. Mm. No matter what it is, it's about over the years learning how to identify the wrong person that you are not supposed to work with. Absolutely. Yeah, and just trying to start a band nowadays, mm. I feel like is a lot harder for me because back in the day, like I just wanted to play music. I didn't really care who it was with. But now that I've been doing this for like almost 10 years, it's like I'm very picky about like I don't want to start a band with someone that I'm like not already friends with, you know, and it's like if I don't think that they're like musically like able enough, it's like it has to be like the exact right people at this point. <laughs> there goes my hopes. <laughs> <laughs> There's like several hurdles to it. You have to have like a music a music ability. Right. You have to have that sensibility that's evolved with like how people do music nowadays like right. for me doing music isn't about just getting in a room and making a bunch of noise like i don't have the time to do that like you kind of have to have like a little bit of recording experience you have to right. be able to swap ideas yeah online so once we're actually getting together in a room like you got play that's been gone yeah you got a plan, you of, a plan attack. of attack thank you yeah um Oof. and then you also have to have that persistence mm -hmm. to go through failure yeah and you have to know how to deal with people who aren't pulling their weight who are just not about it who don't have the same perspective as you right because going through this whole process over and over again over like a decade and a half now and for you like a decade it's like okay i've wasted a bunch of time like not knowing about these things but now i do and i can see it am i about to waste that time again yeah right i mean like i feel like if you had a good time in the band it wasn't necessarily like a waste of time mm -hmm. but i definitely like could go back and like reflect on like past bands and think about how i could have done it better you know right i think i think that like every project you're in is like you got to take a step back and like think like what did i learn from this you know so like it no wasn't necessarily like a waste of your time it was just like what you took away from it is what makes it matter mm -hmm. you know so. one of the things i didn't necessarily get a chance to uh bring up was uh you you were talking about uh a band where you like it was like your first time being like this is this is first time this is <laughs> this is me like reaching out and making all the connections like yeah. you're the driving force in it like you'll meet people who really appreciate that and then you'll meet people who absolutely take like animosity towards that like you're fucking trying to just like take over anything yeah. where it's you can turn it on them too and it's like well what are you doing like you're you're just kind of hating 
Right. <laughs> I mean, I never really had that with uh, lucky with that band. Like at least with the race evolved. Like we uh, the the drummer and the singer were there till the end of the band, and like we were just all good friends, and like they were kind of down for whatever I wanted to do. For the most part, like, yeah, they would have their input, but it's, like, at the end of the day, like, I was writing the music, I wrote the lyrics, like, I did all the business shit, and they were like, yeah, that's cool, whatever. Like, we did have an issue with, like, our old bass player couldn't really pull his weight, so we had to let him go, which sucked, but, um... At least you had a team of people who understood that. Exactly. Like, it was, like, they brought it up before I did, even, which is how you know it was an issue like if they were just like kind of chilling the whole time they're just like hey so like what's going on with him you know so i don't know it's it sucked that it happened like that and that's kind of like why the band broke up because we couldn't find a bass player after that like we had fill-ins for fucking months where we were just like this is this is stupid like you you must have had a good situation because i've been involved in situations where it's like i've always kind of been that person mm -hmm. because like when i get in like with a group i don't necessarily want to but i find myself kind of like dominating the situation and i try to like get the get it spread out so everybody has their like right input and to use people's strengths but i've gone into projects just being i'm not going to be this person in this thing and like allow the person who is already in that position to just operate mm. and like me and Dave were in one where it was just like, wow, we need to get out of here now. Abort. Abort. Like. Yeah, I it, definitely like took the, the backseat role for the band I'm in now, Slow Panic. Like, and we didn't really do anything for a pretty long time. And I attribute that to the fact that I just wasn't pushing it at all. Mm -hmm. Like, I was just like, I'm going to write the music and we're just going to when you guys want to do something with this, we can do something with this, but I'm not going to like go out of my way to do anything. Cause I was just so sick of like being that guy. Right. You know, it, it gets tired. Yeah. It gets very absolutely. Tiring. Yeah. And it was like fucking like <laughs> the band I was in before that, like we went on tour without a bass player. Like that's how bad it was. <laughs> and like, yeah, it sucked, but it was like the, our fill in bailed like a week before the tour. And I was just like, this this was like the only legitimate tour that i ever been on i was like i'm not about to fucking cancel this just because one person can't do it like we literally took my nissan versa with a five by u-haul trailer out for a week just to make it how work. much did that cost a lot uh the trailer was 20 bucks a day that's not bad yeah huh. the, we got fucked on tolls though like because we we went all the way through illinois one way and then all the way through chicago coming back home and you get charged by the number of axles on your car so right you, yeah so i must have paid like 40 bucks in tolls just going Jesus through Christ. yeah it was terrible man i think the uh greatest fuck you to illinois toll system that i ever got to pull was um went to pick up jason from oceano's drummer's house uh danny back when he was still in the band too mm -hmm. snowstorm coming in so I, I literally left work early and I was like, there's a snowstorm coming. I want to pick up a buddy and get him back before like the snow the actually hits. So pick him up and then I'm going to like the main route to get back, yeah. getting on a on ramp. And I realize it's too late at this point. I'm going through an I pass lane. Yeah. 
and they take pictures of your camera. Fortunately, I had a rear-wheel drive uh, shitty Mustang, mm. and it had just started to snow, so I slid my car through <laughs> sideways so, so could, they couldn't see my license plate. That's hilarious. And I was just like, <laughs> uh, I'm fucked on this thing. What am I going to do? And I just like had this fucking, like, it was like a really shitty Mustang engine. It was like a luxury engine 3.5 liter had no power whatsoever but in the snow that's where you had the fun so i was just like okay hold on to your butts man <laughs> fucking no ticket so yeah but i mean like even even if you go through it like you have seven days to pay it online if you don't want to like oh god if you miss it though <laughs> yeah. they don't yeah. say shit they don't mail you anything it just racks you. up yeah hey you are wanted by pontius Pilate and the entire roman government in the yeah. state of illinois we would like to uh, invite you to your own crucifixion because <laughs> yeah i i thought on because the, the last time we went down we went to me and Brittany went on this big trip down there for like the weekend i think we saw mayhem and some other bands but man, anybody. <laughs> but man, we went through the to- tolls and I thought we paid all of them, but I guess we missed one and I didn't get anything in the mail. And then like a year later, I got like a, I got a letter and it was just like, this is overdue. It's like a hundred dollars. I was like, what the f- it was like a, that sounds relatively mild to some of the shit I've heard. It's like well, it $500. Was, yeah, I, well, it was only one toll. It was like one toll and it was like, it, I didn't pay it all the way. I thought I had put enough change in there, but I apparently didn't. And I was just like, what the That's fucking fucked. Christ. I have an iPass, so I've never had Like an adult? <laughs> oh, only only because I used to date a girl that lived in Illinois. That was the only reason I ever bought one. Yeah, and then you got the constant trip. Yeah. I could never do it, man. Long distance, man. Could never do it. I could, I could never do Chicago. Yeah, like, she lived in, like, the southwest suburbs. And, like, I... I'm happy that I don't have to drive down there anymore because that drive fucking sucked. It's constantly so under construction. You constantly got to go through the tolls. You constantly got to deal with just the asshole over-aggressive driving for the three feet of space they're trying to get. I do like the oasises they have, though, in the tollway. That shit's pretty sick. Oh, it's a bunch of restaurants, except it's on a bridge. It's a food yeah. court. Yeah, it's a food court, basically. Panda <laughs> Express. And a, yeah. But, I mean, it's nice to have options. I swear to God, they make it sound way sweeter than it is by just, it's an oasis. They still have claw it's machines in there, too. <laughs> I think they get progressively shittier as you get through chicago and like into indiana like the last one i think it's of like course. the hinsdale oasis that one is fucking shot dude like, <laughs> it's just so busted down all i gotta say is if you're in indiana what are you doing man come on you got plenty of space over here get out get yeah, out while you still can I think we had to go down there for this the slayer show this year and that was just everyone was just like uh actually they're pretty good hardcore scene right now Oh, uh, yeah, I played, like, a few shows in Indiana. They were fucking great, but me and Stefan have some... There was basically a wave of people who moved into the town that we went to high school in, Mm -hmm. in Germantown. It was, like, a wave of people from Indiana. Some of them were okay, but they, like, all knew each other, and it was just like, wow, you people are different. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel are, like... Yeah, are we the weird ones? Yeah, it was... It's like, am I about to get cut by, like, a mildly sharpened plastic fucking bread knife? 
Maybe. From one of you people. <laughs> Maybe. And then one of them went on to become, uh, what's that, uh, Too Stupid to Die? Yeah, the new Jackass. Yeah. It's not really Jackass. Yeah, it didn't really stuff. take he off, I don't nice think. He was a nice guy, though. Yeah, you seem like a nice guy. Somebody, uh... I had a couple s- class with him. He used to be in a band that played Ozfest a couple times, too. Hmm. If it was anything like the raved fucking tickets, though. I don't know. But yeah, he was on MTV for a little bit. I don't know what's going on with that. No shit. Uh, he was... Uh, the same guy who took like a what was that a paintball gun and shot himself in the mouth he was part of that troop it was like a very popular gif somebody like shot themselves in the mouth with a paintball gun and like oh. knocked a tooth out oh. <laughs> he did that <laughs> no it wasn't him it was like part of that troop. oh part of that group yeah, yeah. Wild. wild childs all right uh we're at a almost we're just at a little under two hours uh do we want to call it let's plug this man one more time uh yeah yeah uh, if you have any plugs or you know anything that you want to get out there like anything yeah anything got a porno coming out man <laughs> <laughs> yeah right um fucking listen to listen to wits end listen to karma listen to delinquents listen to payasa listen to bird law listen to mud dog I love that Bird, name, Bird Law. Come to shows. Fuck yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. All right. That seems like a good uh, good place to end it. Hell yeah. Um, I bid you all. Such a lovely guest, yeah. Yes. Great guest. Yeah, we like you. Absolutely. Put her, th- yeah. put her there, my dude. Fuck yeah. I'll have to come to a show sometime. Come back any fucking time, man. It was Hell great yeah. talking to you. Hell yeah. You too, man. All right. <laughs> And that's uh, Radio Loud. You know, go. If you've listened to it this way, this much, give us a fucking subscribe. (laughs) We never beg for this stuff. Go out there and make Radio Loud Radio Proud. You got Amazon Amazon, uh, Prime or whatever. You get a free (laughs) subscription on Twitch. I don't don't know. Now, fuck Twitch. Get on the YouTube, man. Watch this at your own time. I do have a question, though, that we can resolve right now. Are we doing an episode next week with Thanksgiving and stuff? I don't think so because it's like it's literally my birthday, Thanksgiving, follow up Thanksgiving stuff. I don't think it's happening, people. So just gonna have to hang out with your family. We and might. Not us. I, I'm trying to like cobble together some stuff that we had taped in the interim, and I still have the fucking. I forgot to put out the music review. Could catch the music review next week. We'll have that stuff out who did we even talk about i don't fucking know i talked about author and punisher oh yeah that's right and you talked about something. oh the coheed and cambria album. oh yeah yeah uh, like mm. that stuff i guess yep i haven't i'm not even listening to it anymore i forgot about it jj are you in or are you out coheed and cambria in or out i've never listened to coheed and cambria <laughs> me neither <laughs> all right um That's it. Uh, We will see you, you know, after the holidays. Have a good one.